Podcast Magazine, the preeminent publication covering podcasts, podcast culture, and the podcasters fans love, is launching in January of 2020. Prior to launch, you can grab a free lifetime subscription at www.podcastmagazine.com. If you love podcasts, if you're a podcaster, or if you just want to stay on top of what's going on in this growing medium, subscribe now and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. Once again, that's www.podcastmagazine.com. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with Richie Ote. What's up, my brother? How's it going? Good, 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 good. Mary Goulet is out doing her magic work in the world. Wade's got it under control in the studio. Kelly's got it under control back at the headquarters in here. On Reinvention Radio, we have the pleasure and the honor of being joined in studio. I love when people join us in studio. Like, if you're going to be a guest on Reinvention Radio, make the track, come down, hang out with us, be in studio so we can look at you, we can smile. Look at these, aren't they a hand? This is a beautiful, beautiful smiles. couple. We got a beautiful couple here with us today and yes. a baby on and the way. Baby, yes. So Nicholas and Amanda barely hanging out. Yeah, come nice and close to that mic. So oh, can you get in there with the baby? I That's, can get in you can get a, you Maybe yeah. do the mic up a little bit so that you don't have to bang the baby. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome having you guys guys thanks for making the trek to come on in i um I, I i will forever remember the fact that you guys supported us and our first new media summit and uh and that was awesome and really appreciated you guys being there uh as icons of influence at uh, at our very first new media summit so you it's always gonna have a a, a soft place in my heart so thank yeah. you for and, that and for thank everyone you. to know too nice and close I've, on that mic I've, I've been to a lot of events yeah. And so you saying support you in the very first New Media Summit, that was a blast. Mm. First, a lot of people take pictures and videos of events, and they, they just get the corner of the audience with, like, the 20 people that are there. Yeah. And they say there's 150. Yeah. No, this place was packed, first off, like, completely packed, and everyone was super high energy. So it was fun. I was hardly... Me supporting it, I was there for fun. I would have attended. Yeah. It, it actually is a beautiful location. Like, uh-huh. it was amazing. Yeah. So I don't know if you keep, are going to have it again this year there, but it was really Yeah, fun. still doing it in San Diego. Uh, different venue now over okay, at the uh, cool. Double Tree. But uh, oh, the event has changed so much since you guys were there because you guys were there in that initial iteration yeah. where, as podcasters, you had to hear, not had to hear, you had the pleasure of hearing 150 individual pitches now the way we do it is the each attendee actually takes the stage and music plays and everybody makes a big rock. It's not like this rock concert kind of thing. And then they get to pitch from the stage. Oh, cool. So they have two minutes to pitch everyone. And then we've got a panel of podcasters who provide feedback and say, yeah, we want you on or we don't and give them feedback and so on. So and actually, I think we talked about having you guys back. So that would yeah. be awesome having you. I know you got your little one coming. Yeah. And uh, so if it works out, we'd, uh, we'd love to have you back at the New Media Summit. Hey, he could judge oh. people too. The baby? Yeah. The baby. With, the, with, with, per, with perhaps the best. Do you know the baby name? Perhaps the best baby name. Like, I, I got to tell you, on the list you of like, like on the list of cool uh, baby names for, for little boys no. and, and soon to be men as they grow, pretty good one. What is it? Kingston. Nice. Yeah, I that's like a good that. one. Yeah, and it really Thank was just you. because everyone, 
every other name out there that I wanted had been ruined by someone in my memory. <laughs> I was like, man, there's that guy that did that thing, and I'm like, I can't call can't him. Can't call him that. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. um. So I like I like good strong names like like Steve, Richie. You know, not so strong. So my my boys are Isaiah and Xavier. Oh, I like Xavier. Right. I don't think I've ever met an Xavier before. Yeah, Isaiah and Xavier. I so just, um, Professor Xavier is all I think about. Right, which Professor is pretty X. Pretty badass. <laughs> so I was leaning towards Mason. I like I like Mason, like strong name Mason, you yeah. know. But uh, that one got vetoed. So that's all right. Her first choice was Salvatore. So there we go. So oh, wow. we settled on, or not settled, but we chose Isaiah and Xavier. There you go. All right. So lots to cover here, and super excited, like I said, to have you guys in. So thanks again for making the trip in, uh, in studio. So let's let's go back and and by the way, uh, there's uh, obviously Nicholas, what you have done individually, and Amanda, what you've done individually, and then what you guys do as a couple as well. And I will say, from a couple standpoint, it's rare for uh, a couple to and, and look. You know, I know you guys, but I don't really know you guys. And so what I see on social, you know, it's like it's just that little snippet. But it seems like you guys work really well, and you do work together. Mm-hmm. So you work really well together. You, you've known each other now. I mean, you've been, how long have you guys been together? You're still fairly young. But yeah, we've been, been married for seven and a half years. But you knew each other for be, eight and a half. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you work together. You got this great relationship. You got the baby on the way. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about the business now that you guys have together. And then we'll go back a bit in terms of how you got to where you are. Yeah, so the impact that we're creating now in the business that we have together is that I was first helping men lose weight, and I realized that I wanted to do something bigger. I had a vision board of like five years in the future. We're going to help men in health, wealth, and relationships because it it was like uh, people sell one product to all different types of people, 18-year-old to 70-year-old. For me, I was talking to one person, but we were all struggling with these different things. And so right now we use educational platforms, live events, and workshops to be able to serve that. And the way that we work together is I'm the CEO, the face, the person speaking, getting on these different talk shows. I say it's all I'm good for. And Amanda's the COO. She's the one managing our team, making sure that actually everything gets delivered upon. Mm. And every single day, it's very similar. Wake up. We have our morning routine together. We spend that morning time together, not the nighttime. We still spend nights, but the most important is the morning. Mm-hmm. We go into the office together. We work either in the same office or right next to each other in separate offices all day. And it's every single day we work together side by side, working on projects. She's pushing me to do my to-do list because I never like doing my to-do list. Yeah. I like being the creative, doing new things. Yeah. And she's like, no, Nicholas, we need to film this video and you need to go do this podcast in San Diego. With mm. Steve. No, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a nice balance of, of strengths and gifts and so on. So That was hard to find though. Because when we first started, our strengths and weaknesses were pretty much the same. I didn't know what I had the capacity to become great at. I was just as good at speaking as I was at technology. Now we know my capacity to be great at technology is very low. Mm. It's a very big weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. So we started. We first start off in opposite roles in the company. I thought, she's cute, so everyone should buy from us. <laughs> so I put her as the face good of the company. Strategy. Yeah, we talked right? about her getting drained, right, from doing these podcasts and interviews, whereas I was coming alive. But I was scared to put myself out there. So as we found our roles and what we had the capacity to become good at, mm. that's where we really settled in. But it wasn't easy for us. We didn't just already know. Interesting. So yeah. I just want to go back for a second here. So you were saying you started out as helping guys lose weight and, and kind of on the fitness side of the equation, so to speak, or at least the health side of the equation. 
in Authorland, they say you write the book that you most need. Was this because I mean, you look great now, man. I mean, you're probably walking at what 145 or somewhere, yeah, one, 154, which is oh, really? Like, wow, I'm, I'm getting gym. up there. You're getting like, you're catching up yes. with the She's baby. She's gained 26 pounds so far, right? Yeah. Oh, my, well, that's you know, that's Good to be weight. expected. Good weight, yes. um, and so but you were you were pretty heavy at one point, right? Totally. How, at your heaviest, how big were you? I was 60 pounds heavier. 60. So you're over 200 pounds. I was just below, but my body, like I had no muscle. I hadn't been to the gym. I'd never been to a gym in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I was, I was clinically obese for my body frame at the time. Mm-hmm. And this was a big struggle of mine. This is why so much I was on the phone with Dean Gracios yesterday. And he would go, he said, I heard your quote from Russell Brunson about your mess is your message. I'm sure someone in the last thousands of years has said that. Yet it's been something that I've just lived by because I thought that disqualified me. Mm. I thought you had to be shredded. All these, all these people out there, their personal trainers said, you're the b- billboard for your business. And so I thought, well, you're more shredded than I am, so you're more qualified. Yet all of a sudden, as I told my story more and stopped hiding it, people actually felt like they could connect with me more. And that's where I saw this was the place that I could help people, which was integrity, but it was also limited. You're interviewing me right now. And I could talk about my expertise and you don't have to know anything besides how to ask questions. I didn't know this. So I only thought I could serve men in the capacity that I had had an expertise and I had overcome. Mm. So that's where it was limited and I was doing things I didn't want to do. I wasn't a fitness guy. I was overweight and I lost weight and I felt like that was the only way I could serve people. I was a business guy that was just overweight and wanted to help people any way that I could. Mm-hmm. And and for those who are unfamiliar then with your story, when you say you're a business guy who was overweight, what was your business at that point? What were you doing? Well, I grew up with a dad that was a business owner. My uncle is a business owner, very successful. And they always told me you can exchange value for dollars. They said if we lost everything, if I had a weed whacker and a lawnmower, they would be fine. So I already knew that I wasn't going to go out there and do the traditional way of life, but actually being overweight was keeping me from the business and life that I wanted to live. I didn't have a business, but as I got into business, I realized I'm not the guy that's in the gym all the time. I'm not the health guy that just is eat, sleeping, and drinking this. I want to grow a business, and the only way I see that I could do that properly with the right profitability is through health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, I need a bigger vision than this. I want to be able to teach marketing, teach business, but also to show men how to be more confident, how to show up in their families, how to show up in their business as the face. Because again, that was a problem for me. Yeah. I hid behind everything because I was so afraid of being judged, so afraid of being rejected. Yeah, and but you had a business at that point. You were st- you were in the the carpet cleaning business, or you were doing right. I mean, yeah. As I started to lose the weight, we went into network marketing. That was the first business my wife and I did together. Mm. And then after that, uh, crashed and burned, which was so sad. I went and had to humble myself after I said I was retired. After I said I lived I off residual income. I was 18 and income. retired. Supposedly. You were 18 and retired. <laughs> I was 18 and retired. That's what, they told us. That's what they told us to say. They said, you have residual income. I, got, I said, I got a multi-six-figure business of residual income, and my wife and I retired, and we were 20 and 18. <laughs> and then it all crashed and burned, and I had to go back and clean carpets for two and a half years, humbly. Very, so people stopped buying candles, and there you go. Is that uh, <laughs> Tupperware? No. It's Tupperware. more like white powder. You know, white powder, powder. yeah. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a quote-unquote... Network marketing business, yeah, exactly. Yeah, our, our, our Colombian resource dried up and uh, had to get back at it. So, and in, in just so that everyone is, is clear at this point, you had to try a few different things, obviously, just like any other entrepreneur, and to get to this brand that you now have, 
how did you land on, and, and for those who are unfamiliar, uh, just tell us about the brand, but how did you end up landing on, on this as the brand? Yeah, a lot of people want just the first thing they do to work. And for us, it was like, what was the life that we wanted to create first was the big thing. I had just gotten married. I realized my responsibility as a man to be able to at least go out there and provide, even if we worked together on it. We just didn't want to be separated. So we did process of elimination and said, well, business is probably the best way to do that. So what business can we go into? And we went into network marketing. And like I said, we flopped. And then I went into carpet cleaning to be able to provide. And my wife's doing modeling jobs on the side. I was digging holes. I was carrying mud for people that were laying tile. I was doing anything possible. Selling things on Craigslist was a huge piece of our income. I'd go to the free section of Craigslist. I'd flip it on the paid section of Craigslist. I'd find things on the side of the road. I'd be the guy taking pictures outside of your house Mm -hmm. with a free sign. I would take the sign off, take the pictures, and I would sell it out of your front yard, $25 shipping if they want it shipped to them. So these were the hustles hmm. that we were doing to learn how to make money because we were doing anything that it took to not have to go live this normal life. Mm-hmm. Yet when we first started out, the evolution of this, what we tried was my wife actually went and interned underneath a health coach for nine months. So she was interning for free, working 100% for free, learning how to build a list, learning how to do summits, which you might have actually been on one of them, I think. And we were doing these, hosting these online summits, trying to get a health coaching business for women off the ground, trying to get a health coaching business for men off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, on the side, think about this. I, I forget about this all the time, but I also found out Instagram growth strategies. So I tried to sell that for $500 a month. Anything that we could think of, mm-hmm. we were trying to do and take action and failing forward. And it wasn't until we had our first breakthrough in the health side. When I finally made the transition to the face, I got to speak at an event of 40 people. And it was the very first time that I ever told my story. So think about this point, four years in business, hustling and grinding. And we had never made more than $3,000 in a month Mm. in our businesses. I have guys right now that want to quit their job in three months and they want to just make 20 grand a month. I'm like four years in business. This was difficult. And I remember going to this event and I said, you know what? I'm going to tell people that I was overweight, which I never felt comfortable sharing. I was like, what's the point? They just want to know that I'm fit. Two, I'm going to tell them why I got overweight, which was because of my falling out with my father. I went there. I told that story. Mm. I wailed like a baby on stage. Couldn't finish. Amanda had to help finish it for me. I thought I had failed everyone in the audience. Still to this day, that audience and event still talks about that one moment that shifted everything about four or five years later. And I left that event and I saw that people were reaching out to us. We sold over 22 grand. And I didn't even get to actually Mm. talk about what we did. And that's when I realized, oh my goodness, when I share my story, people relate. And when I have a good service to solve that same problem, boom, I can create a business out of this. Yeah, so when you say you sold 22 odd grand, what what did you actually sell at that point? Coaching, underpriced coaching, $3,300 packages for health. Health transformations by Which actually in the health space is on the higher end. You know, a lot of people just buy plans for like $150, like a meal planner or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we positioned it in a way of like, well, business coaches are charging so much money and your health's more important. So let's Mm. position it as that. Mm -hmm. And so we we were able to charge really higher uh, investments. Like the Jay Abraham approach. He was like taking things from other industries that were proven. And I saw, again, business consultants charging 50K, 100K, whatever. And I thought, people say your health is more important. I'm like, uh, I'm going to build a consulting package. The transformation is health, but it's going to give them more energy in their business. It's going to make them more confident. So I sold it as a wealth package with a health transformation, which was very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. And so, you know, there are a, a lot of folks out there who would say, why would I pay you for what I can get online for free, right? I mean, what what isn't online right now that you can't get? I mean, if you want to know how to build a, you know, a, a widget, whatever that widget might be, if, in, totally. if it's health, if it's wealth, if it's relationships, so much of that is online, so much of that is free. How do you, for, for those who are saying, well, I can't sell my expertise, I can't take my mess and turn that into my message and, and be able to build a business around that, how do you help them get over the fact that so much of what they would be selling is available for, for free, ostensibly, with just a, a quick search? Yeah, that, that's the benefit. One thing that I did, and the benefit of me having such a high investment for the coaching, was that I knew I couldn't compete with anyone who had a lower price service. And what happened is when I had this higher investment of a coaching program or a consulting program, people didn't even relate the value of free the value of the five-time IFBB champion $150 program, Yeah, I never once had anyone, first off, ever ask me if I had certifications, which I don't, none, zero, not even a personal training certificate. And two, I never had anyone ask, why should I buy this thing instead of getting the free thing or instead of getting the cheaper thing, which is very interesting. The second thing is I let them know right off the bat, would you rather, what's a better investment, and people can take this kind of quote and make it theirs, What's a better investment? If you get something for free and you do this over and over again and it doesn't give you a result, which is probably what you've been doing, or what if you invest $10,000 and you never have this problem again? Which one's a better ROI? And the $10,000 one is always going to be a better ROI. Mm -hmm. And generally the way that I would ask that is, how long have you been wanting to lose the 40 pounds? They would say five years. Great. What if you, uh, how, what, how long have you been actually trying to lose the 40 pounds? Three years. Great. So you wanted to for five. You've been trying for three. What have you done? Well, I tried the free information on the internet. I tried these other people's programs. Oh, awesome. How'd that work for you? Okay. Why didn't they work for you? Mm. And then all of a sudden my pitch is basically taking the reasons why it didn't work with the other programs and making that why my program works. I'm like, oh, no wonder. Like I want them to feel like it's okay. No wonder it didn't work for you. All the information, people think information is going to transform you. At the end of the day, we're experts at helping you apply the things that you know. Because already you know something right now that would make you healthier, yet you're not doing it. So that's what we, our expertise is, is getting you to apply it. And if you get that transformation, would it be worth it? I know, right? So let's just guarantee the transformation or we'll make sure that you're satisfied. If not, you can have all your money back. So a lot of times we would actually set a goal. They, a lot of them would be so satisfied. They said, if I can lose 10 pounds in six months and keep it off, I'd, it'd be worth the six grand. We started charging $7,500, $12,500. We just kept raising it and raising the experience, raising the value. Mm. They'd come out to San Diego. They'd get their blood work done. We'd customize their meal plans based on their blood work. We'd buy their supplements for them. We'd take them out to a nice dinner. We, we increased the value and the perceived value of what we did. And our sales skyrocketed, but also we were able to do things and over-deliver and, and make people really happy. Mm. So I would say that is it all in your head first off? Because I never got that. I never got... Are you certified? People say that all the time. Well, I'm not John Maxwell certified or I'm not personal training certified. As if they're doing that for them. Mm -hmm. And here's what I found. They're trying to impress the people that would never buy from them. So when you make that post and you think about your mom, oh man, I hope my mom doesn't see this. I should probably edit this so that my mom doesn't get it. Or, or no, oh man, if Steve Ulsher sees this, you know, he's not going to think this is cool. He's going to think this type of teaching is too low level. And we're always thinking about pleasing people that are up here 
Like if you're a health person trying to please the doctor, the chiropractor, well, the doctor and chiropractor are never going to buy from you. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're trying to please the people that are never going to buy from you. And yeah. I'm like, I just started saying, I used to think I had to make things complex. I started saying, fat's okay. You don't need to go to the gym. Simple things that all the health people made fun of me for. Mm-hmm. But all the normal people that were actually going to buy from me, they loved it. Yeah, you know, so much brilliance in that. And, and literally, if you rewind this and we go back about two minutes, there was a, there was a hell of an enrollment conversation <laughs> that you just ran people through there <laughs> that I don't know if folks glossed over that because it was kind of a long-winded, you know, let's, <laughs> let's talk about a whole bunch of things in that. But uh, I, I do think that that is the number one struggle for most folks who want to transition from that uh, employee to being that an entrepreneur is how am I actually going to get people to say yes? Can can you slow that down and and break that down a little bit more? Because when you talk about you know reinventing business and that's the theme of the day here for us and reinventing business plan and so on and we'll settle on whatever that exact is going to be. But business at its core is putting something forth for whether it's a product or program or a service for someone to say yes or no to, hopefully enough people say yes, to actually then create an actual business. And with the way things are online now, you hope you just put something up and people just push the buy button, add to the cart, and and pay for it. But reality is... I, I'm wishing for that too. Right? right? But they, reality is, you, st- you know, more often than not, you do actually, God forbid, have to talk to someone and look them in the eye and shake their hand or you know, have a Zoom telecom, you know, whatever, web conference, whatever it is. And and so I, what I heard is a really easy way. Not, I don't want to say easy. That's probably the bad way to, to phrase it there. But uh, at least simple. a proven, simple process for getting over that whole fear around selling and enrolling and whatnot. Because I think that's what stands in, in the way of so many people actually creating a business. And being able to knowing that they have value, but not knowing how to how to position that is that enrollment conversation. So, can you break that down slower? Yeah. So <laughs> for I, I, I want to do two things before it. And the first yeah. one is that when I look at an industry, I look at a market cap. So already in podcasting, we're in a podcast studio. There's people that already pay for podcast services. They pay for mics. They have podcasts. And I think that most business owners, when they get into business, they think. I'm going to go get all the people that don't spend money in this market cap, that don't even invest in this area. I'm going to get them to buy. So this is where I started. I thought, well, all these people aren't buying personal trainers. That's who I'm going to go after. And I'm going to convince these people why they should value what I have when they aren't voting with their dollars. So that's number one. There's usually three core people in those markets. There's pe- there's people outside the market that don't buy, and that's where most people focus their time. There's people that are already happy. You guys love this studio. If I were to come to you and say, oh my gosh, I have a podcast studio. You guys would love it. You're like, guys, I- I'm a diehard. That's what we call them, like a diehard fan of the person. Like I have some of these guys that even if someone had a better program cheaper than me, my guys would not switch, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you love Verizon, you're just not going to switch. Mm-hmm. But then you have people that already pay money because they know they should, personal trainers, they pay for uh, nutrition certifications, they get their blood work done, but they hate it. They dislike the current process. And what I found is that if I can, if, let's say at a podcast studio, maybe someone's doing it all on their own at home. 
they're investing in the equipment, they're investing in a team. And maybe I said, I have a podcast studio, we take care of all that stuff for you. They're like, oh, thank you, finally, somebody, because they already have value for that very thing. So that's number one, what I always look for. And the way that you get those people to switch to you is you usually just talk about the very thing that they dislike. Are you, I did this with events. Are you upset at events that don't pay for your lunch so that you're out networking, but all the clicks are leaving you behind and you're having lunch by yourself? That's why we bought the lunches at this event. Do you hate how you don't know anyone at the event? That's why we do calls beforehand. And they're like, yes, this is what I dislike about these other events. Mm. So I want to go buy this guy's events. I'm not trying to target people that don't go to live events at all and don't have any value. That's number one. Number two is that I ask people all the time, what's the worst pain in the world? And they say, uh, regret or something like that. The worst pain in the world is chronic pain. And this is what I use in sales all the time. This is where I see people fail the most is because they go after this, the pleasure points. Could you imagine having a podcast? Could you imagine being 60 pounds lighter? Mm. And, and they go after this, but the problem is, is that chronic pain's the worst because imagine back pain. It's the worst chronic, chronic pain in the world right now. It's just enough pain to nag you but it's not enough pain to go get it fixed and pay for it. So people will have back pain and complain about it for 40 years and never get it fixed. Yet if someone gets shot in the arm with a gun, they're going to go to the ER, they're going to get it fixed no matter what it costs. Mm -hmm. And so our goal and my goal and the reason why I go into the things that we're going to talk about is because my job as the person in sales, my definition is getting people to do what they already want to do that they would never do if you weren't there. Hmm. So I'm Say trying, that again slower. I'm trying to, my goal as a salesperson is getting the person on the other side of the phone right in front of me to do something that they already want to do that they've always wanted to do, yet they wouldn't take action on if you weren't there in the room with them. Hmm. Because they have these false beliefs and fears around the situation. My goal as a salesperson isn't to convince them, it's to break down their false beliefs that have been holding them back from getting what they want. And I think this is the difference between the old school sales of how can I convince this person to buy rather than the new, new school, which is what are the things that are holding them back from getting what they want? What are their fears and how do we dissemble them? So what I like to do is I like to think about a screwdriver. How can you stick it in the pain? You like that and man is cracking up over here. Is it the, is it the hand Sometimes with the screwdriver? Sometimes you use like... graphic analogies. <laughs> yes. it, it'll, you'll remember it though. Yes. You stick that screwdriver into that little, that back pain and you're just going, <laughs> oh, how's that make you feel? You know, you want them to, you want to raise their pain level from a four out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 before you ever go to the pleasure side so that they want to run to it like if they got a gunshot. And the way that I do that is I usually ask them at the beginning, I want to know if we were to work together and we let's say we were on this phone call again 12 months from now, what would have to happen in that 12 months to say this was the best investment I ever made? Because hmm. I want to hear what their outcome is that they want. Mm -hmm. Because I might think they want to make more money, but they really want more friends. And so I want to know why do they want to invest? So they tell me and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. How long have you wanted that result? Question number one. They're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I've really wanted to start my own business and get out of my job for probably about 15 years. I always want to validate them. Wow, 15 years you've wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Like, good job for like having that vision. Great. How long have you been trying to get out of the job? Question number two. Well, I've been trying for about 10 years. Wow, 10 years you've been trying. That's what led you to this call. You've been trying and this is where you're at right now. And maybe they haven't made progress. So now they're starting to feel that pain. I've been trying this for 10 years by myself, doing programs without an extra person. Mm. I go, okay, great. What have you done so far to be able to achieve XYZ result? 
well, you know, I've tried the courses and I've tried, you know, hiring this person, but they didn't really show up. And how, how'd that work for you? And then the, just squeezing that pain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And my goal, again, is just to take them down that rabbit hole. I, and I'll even ask them again. I'll go, why didn't those work for you? And they'll tell you that's not a necessary question, you know, just in case it's like, you know, there's not to- total point. But I'll ask them, let's just say the next 10 years go by and you do nothing different. What will life be like? And I learned this one from Tony Robbins. This is mm. how he gets people to get out of addiction. Mm-hmm. He gets them to really like go to the deep, dark place of how nasty it is. And they go, well, I'll probably be divorced, broke, and I don't know if I'll even want to live. Mm. And I go, wow, how does that make you feel? Yes. How does that make your family feel? How does that, like, can you get there right now? Can you feel that? Can you taste it? I'm like, I can taste this right now, even this mm. thing. And they're like, yeah. And all of a sudden their pain point is a lot higher. Mm. And now they're more inclined to take action. What I found is people buy results. They don't buy processes. They don't buy information. If you're, buy, if, if you're selling information or you're selling products, you're always going to be competing with market price. I wasn't selling the biweekly phone calls, the meal plans, the workout plans. Those were what we prescribed as doctors. That's like, imagine as a salesperson, you're a doctor. You figure out what the problem is and you prescribe the solution. Yeah. You don't ask them, well, what, what medicine would you like to take? You know, no, you're the doctor. They, if you can build that rapport with your client, mm-hmm. then they'll ask you, doctor, sir, what should I take to overcome this problem? And you prescribe the solution. I love what Jay Abraham says as well, which is you are the, your client, your customers are not customers, they're clients. They're under your protection. We mm. talked about the podcast studio. We actually got an inquiry for a podcast studio that we're launching up north. And it's so funny because I know when I get on the phone with them, I'm going to be a I, someone, they're going to be under my protect, per, uh, protection. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be a broker for what they want. So I'm going to figure out what do you need? What do you want? And if it's not a good fit for me, I'm going to send them out somewhere else so they know that they can trust me because they're underneath my protection. I think yeah, that's like that shift. That's, that's a really, really strong shift. So you, okay, so you, you have their clarity around what they tried, what didn't work, why they didn't work, how they're going to feel 10 years, whatever. You shift now into solution. I shift into what, what, okay, let's go this other way then. What would life be like if if you were to get this result? And I want to get them dreaming. Mm. I want to get them thinking and experiencing what that would be like. So an example would be, I had a client, we did the pain point side of it, and he was feeling real down. And sometimes if you want to like get off the phone call and do a follow-up call, you can leave them in that pain. So all night they're like kind of sad and depressed and like sitting down in that moment. And, And it just eats away at them. And we do this at live events as well. This is exactly how we run our live events. Now, we go to the other side of pleasure. And I started talking to my friend who's a client of ours still. And he, he lives so in Seattle. So does that Seattle. mean, just, just so, because there are folks who listen, who listen, who run their own live events, me included. Okay, fine. I'm asking this question for me. Um, <laughs> so uh, when you say leave him in that pain, at the live, you mean like you break for lunch and like you go all think night. about it? So this is, all this night. is how we run at, the, at our events. The first day is all about the charity. This is how we run our event. First day is about the charity. It gets people in the right state of mind, all those different things. The second day of a three-day event, we'll make our offer. We do one offer at our event. We'll make the offer. And a lot of times what happens is people will be sitting there thinking, should I buy this, right? Mm -hmm. And at this point, we've done a great job of knocking over those objections we talked about, taking away all those people's fears. Yet our problem that we were doing back in the day was that we'd then break for the night and we go party on the rooftop. Mm Mm-hmm. But what we found is you that... You broke the tension. Yeah, I want people to sit in that place of, should I do this? Should I not? 
and feel that that wrestling all night and I want them to go to bed that way and that way that they can fully feel it and not just, oh, forget about it. I'll just go party on the rooftop. I don't need to make this decision. And I was really hesitant of that for a long time. But as I studied more and more events, I realized, ooh, that worked really, really well for them. How can we integrate that for us? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're thinking about it all night. Yeah. But if you get people to dream as well, this is huge. Oh, oh, what, what, would you, what could you imagine in six months if you were to lose this weight, what would life be like? And they're like, oh my gosh, I'd be on my boat. All the girls would be in my boat and I'd be driving with my shirt off. And I'm like, oh, like, what's the weather like? Oh, it's warm. I'm like, great. How do you feel? Mm. They're like, oh, amazing. I'm like, man, like, what would that be worth? And this was something that changed my life. You know Brad Costanzo? Oh, very well. Yeah, I, w- I would assume so. And one day he said this to me, and this transformed my, bi- my actual health business forever in one moment. He told me one that Drew Canola used to sell $10,000 health packages. And he told me what was in the packages. And I thought, I work, I do more stuff than that. Mm-hmm. My stuff should be just as valuable. So that was number one, as I realized someone else was doing something and I was working even harder and they were selling it for more. So that belief was like the four minute mile to me. Number two was he told me a script. He said, Drew would always ask people, if, you, if there was just one pill that would get you to that result. Now, I don't believe in pills or magic formulas or anything, but if there's just one pill that got you to that result and it was for sale right now, what would it be worth to you? And people would say, priceless. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I get priceless, but you don't have priceless in your bank account right now. Mm-hmm. What do you have right now that you would invest? And I started using this, and it just blew my mind because people would be like, 500. I go, you're kidding me. If your whole life, if you were the fit, fitness level that you want to be for the rest of your life, you'd only invest $500, I'm going to hang up on you right now. <laughs> and it would kind of be a pattern interrupt. Or some people would say, 100000 I go, you got $100,000 right now. They're like, well, I, I own a house that has equity. And this is what I told this guy that was driving the boat. He said, I said, would you sell your house for it? He goes, absolutely. For that transformation, I'd sell my house. I don't care about it. I go, great. We're going to get on a call tomorrow where I'm going to show you exactly how we can work together. Here's what you're going to want to do. One, I need you to drink water and hydrate this much water before you get on the call. I need you to get on the call on time or else I'm not going to do the call with you. And three, you're going to bring $100,000 liquid cash to the call just in case because if, if I have the pill and you don't have the, uh, and you can't take the opportunity because you don't have the money, then it's just going to pass by you. So he shows up on the call. He says, I'm hydrated. He showed up five minutes early and I said, do you have 100000 liquid cash? And he's like, no. I was like, you didn't sell your house. You said that it would be worth it. But now I've anchored this $100,000 is what it's worth and that also that it costs. Mm. And so now when I ended up doing uh, $6,000, $2,000 a month for three months, it was a no-brainer for mm-hmm. me. Still part of our community to this day. Wow. But I use this same process. And for most people out there, again, if you just share your story, your authentic story, usually you went through the same thing. When I first started losing weight, I starved myself. I was too scared to go to the gym. And then I finally hired a trainer for all of this money. And I figured out a program where I could actually be satisfied at night. And I don't even need to go to the gym. I could work out 20 minutes a day and be more shredded than I ever was before. Mm. And people are like, I want to know that program. And it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I told my story. A little bit simpler. Yeah. Appreciate that. Richie, I've been hogging uh, Nicholas and Amanda over here. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's been great, though. Just sucking it in. It's it. This reminds me always of that phrase, pay attention, right? Back to your free thing. It's like there's all kinds of attention out there. We're being interrupted. We got screens within screens within screens and free over here, $27 over here, lead magnets, tripwires, blah, 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 blah. But it's like when you actually sell the transformation instead of features and benefits, the, the price literally is irrelevant. And when people pay and they pay a larger dollar – 
they're actually going to probably be more apt to try to get it done when they're just doing $27, $250, $500. Like people piss that away all the time. They don't want to piss away a couple grand a month. Right or ten thousand dollars or whatever it is. So no, I was just listening and and loving it. But uh, that's really what it made me kind of come back to. It's it's those two things. One is um, if it's free, there's not much value to it. That's that's where we can just do our podcasts and do all the things. Oh, you won't need it for free. Yeah, keep listening to the podcast. I give you all the information there. But if you want it all succinct and to the point, and really help me ex- or help you accelerate this process and really get to that transformation then it's prices, mm-hmm. but that's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And knowing your market, you guys wouldn't just, you guys wouldn't be interested in someone's $27 program. I remember Russell Brunson, two things. He opened up his inner circle, which is 50K a year, to a few friends for free. None of them got any results from it. Mm. And, he, and all of a sudden, all these people that are investing, they actually were going out there and taking action. But he also got referred a business coach, just for everyone listening right now. Everyone was like, this is the best business coach in the entire world. And Russell said, I need to talk to this guy. I don't even know his name. He got on the phone with Russell, and Russell said, how much to have you fly out and coach us? I'm sold. And the guy goes, $4,000 for two days. Oh. And Russell hung up the phone, never called him back, and never hired him because he thought, that's way too cheap. Something's incongruent here. Mm-hmm. If he's that good, mm-hmm. the investment isn't reflecting it. So knowing the market as well. You, you guys, that's why everyone should always have a higher offer, no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm. I have never, to this day, for myself, for employees, yes, for me, I have never once bought a course, ever. I've always gone to the source because mm-hmm. it's just the way I like to consume information anyway. And I think people don't think about that money is seed. When I invested in Russell Brunson, I invested over 60K. When I invested in him, I looked at it as he had something in his life, something in his knowledge base that I wanted. And I wanted to direct my attention because where your money is, your heart is also. I wanted to direct my attention to what he had, and I wanted to sow seed so that I can reap a harvest in the area that I was looking to grow. And the money investment, I looked at it as seed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and you guys actually, there's a number of reasons to invest in me and, and move into the circles of those who can help elevate your, your life or your health or your wealth or your relationships, your business, whatever it might be. And so what's really interesting is uh, you have, for lack of a better term here, been able to parlay that uh, access, right? It's the, it's the proximity principle. And mm-hmm. so being able to have that proximity to Russell by investing in that inner circle is paid off for you guys in in numerous ways that I've seen. And of course, there's dozens of ways on that I'm not privy to for sure. But one of the, the coolest things that I've seen that you guys did um, together is being able to take the stage uh, as a couple mm-hmm. uh, at Funnel Hacking Live where, what was there, 5,000 people there or something, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Amanda, you want to speak to that a little bit? Because that must have been an unbelievable experience. And then what was the result for you and and Nicholas in terms of your your business and keeping it on a on a business level then obviously just super cool from a personal perspective to be able to have that but just yeah. share that share what that experience was like for you guys and then how that translated into uh, revenue or contacts etc. Yeah, so one it got uh, Nicholas featured on Entrepreneur, which was really cool. They did a whole uh, interview with him and, and write up. Nice. Um, the experience was amazing just 
being in front of all of those people, which is definitely nerve wracking because you can usually like if you're in like a big room, you can only see like the first two rows of people mm -hmm. and then everyone else is just like black. So you can't even really see them and it's like echoing. And so it was definitely um, nerve wracking. But I remember going to the funnel hacking live the year before and I'm. So like how Nicholas and I are different in our business is I'm very like visionary. Nicholas is very present. I'm always like in like, mm. you know, I'm not here. I'm like in the future. And he's like right here. So we balance each other out really well. And so I, I told Nicholas, you're going to speak at Funnel Hacking Live next year. And he was like, what? No, I'm not. And I'm like, yes, you are. I know. I just know it. I know you're going to. I didn't know that mm -hmm. I was going to get it. You just, you just felt it. Um, which was really cool to both be up there together and, and craft the message around really how to make your mess your message. And I think that it was, honestly, for us, it just, it, it Nicholas sharing his story about like depression and, and suicidal thoughts and all of this stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. There were so many people that came up to us after that and said, oh my gosh, I've never told anyone this, but like, just like months ago or a couple years ago, like I almost, like I tried to take my life and mm. I've struggled with depression and just people being like set free from that, feeling like, they could talk to someone about it. They never talked to anyone about it before. Mm -hmm. And so I think for the impact standpoint, that was amazing. Uh, for business-wise, um, you know, we gained a lot of followers. We got some, like, recognition. I mean, I think it's still, like, playing out to this day. I think people, sure. you know, a lot of people don't, like, celebrate this stuff. You know what I mean? So you don't really know how it's how other people perceive you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they might think we're, like, this huge deal, but we just are like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. know. Just because it was we're close to Russell and a lot of our friends spoke on that stage as well, but we definitely gained some clients from that, which was really cool. But I think it was just an awesome experience to balance together speaking. Cause that is an mm. art Two people speaking at the same yeah. time and having <laughs> to be like, when he ends, then I go. And then when I like, I'm yeah. gonna, and this point, and a lot of people do not do it good. Cause we've seen a lot of couples try to do it. And so we really try to nail that down. How can we both speak at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of an opportunity there. And so it just, it also speaks to your willingness to invest in yourselves. And a lot of people will talk about this as being kind of the law of attraction or the law of reciprocity or, you know, whatever law you want to throw at it there. But if you're asking someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself, then is that well, you used the term incongruent before in terms of like this guy who's got all this great advice and he's saying to Russell, you know, I can help you change the world and Russell's all in on it. And then he goes, it's four grand for two full days. And so there was, you know, just it was incongruent as far as the the value that he could have delivered versus the investment that it would have taken to deliver that. So from from that standpoint, can you speak to how your being willing to invest in your business has helped your business to grow? Totally. The, and I think there's two different investments that I made, which was the investment in myself was number one, and the investment in my own business was number two. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs, we don't separate the two. I think probably if I were to actually go check entrepreneurs' bank accounts, they're probably mixed up with their business bank accounts and they don't even pay themselves correctly. And so that, that was the big thing was that I noticed that I was the biggest bottleneck inside of our business. And the biggest place that I started investing wasn't in, again, like online courses. I think they're great now. Now I'm able to like buy a course, give it to someone, they go through it and they implement it. It just wasn't my thing. I needed people. So I was really big on masterminds. These were the first places that we had the breakthrough because I had the social accountability of having to go show up to these people's mastermind and tell them if I made progress or not. 
I had to be around people that were playing at a higher level than me. All of a sudden, I started adapting to that environment. I had access to people that had expertises that I didn't have. And also, I had that good education quarterly or so where I could actually just get something, write it down, and implement it. What's so funny, though, is that I, I have guys right now that invest wide ranges, right, from my book, which is $11 and something cents, mm-hmm. to $50,000 a year. And it's so funny that you could say the same thing in two different mediums and you say it in a $50,000 investment and it's so valuable and everyone takes action on it. And you say that same thing for free on Facebook Live and everyone just kind of brushes over it. And that's where I go back to that. Really for me is about me paying attention. Mm. I just would not pay attention if I didn't pay like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that was a huge piece for me. And as we've gotten further in this in this mission, We've been able to invest in more specific things, but the first place that was most valuable to me was definitely the mastermind because they say it's what you know and who you know yeah. together. I needed both. Yeah, It helped me with my podcast. It helped me get on stage, and it helped me with Russell. If I didn't invest in Russell's inner circle, I would have never even been in the opportunity to be able to get on stage. And, I can't, and events, you talked about New Media Summit. I've never been to an event that wasn't a good ROI. I went to one terrible event once, Everyone left after Gary Vee spoke. I went to this VIP section, met one kid. He was 17 years old. He's like, I want to buy from you. I go, you're 17. You're not going to buy. I go home. I see he bought for me $1,000, and I thought, oh, my goodness. His dad's going to call me. Watch. <laughs> and then his parents called us at, like, 3 in the morning. Mm. Oh, my gosh, you charged my kid's credit or you charged my credit card for $1,000 mm. or whatever. And then finally the kid settled it. He was 17 years old. Apparently he was consulting Sprint. And he was also consulting Jay Abraham. Mm. I had no clue. This kid's like a Gen Z or Gen whatever it is, like expert, the young kids, whatever mm-hmm. those are. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden he had a girlfriend and he called me one night and said, can you help me, please? And a $1,000 program doesn't come with phone calls. But I thought, this is so cool. I'm going to help him with his girlfriend, help his relationship. And then all of a sudden that extra bit that I, that I invested in him, one night I'm in San Diego for one of these big events at a party and he said, can you come to LA right now? I'm having dinner with Jay Abraham. I would love for you to come. Hmm. And, and I said, Jim Quick. and Jim Quick. And I thought, who's Jay Abraham? I was like, I don't, I was like, I think I have his book. Yeah. But everyone else, Brad Costanzo, I think it was, was like, no, no, no. Like this is the guy, the marketing guy. So I drive four hours in traffic thinking there's going to be a million people there. There isn't. There's an 18 year old that built a, sat- a satellite for NASA, Jim Quick, Jay Abraham, and this other kid. Mm. And that's where I mirrored, I, I mirrored Jay all night. I ordered the same whiskey neat every single night back when he used to drink. I, he ate only the top of the bread, only the crust off the top of the loaves of bread. I don't know why. Maybe it was just like soak of the alcohol. I have no clue. I mirrored everything all night, and that's when he wanted me to come to his office. We did some interviews together. He referred us to Think and Grow Rich because he thought we were amazing, came and spoke at my events. He said he'll come and speak at workshops for free for us. Wow. And that all came from putting myself in an environment, making that investment of going to the events. That's just mm-hmm. one event that was a mm-hmm. bad event. Mm-hmm. That was the ROI of the bad event. Well, yeah, really, really powerful. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the brand now. So it's the, and, and I know you have a few different pieces of this, but it's kind of under that billion dollar, and then there's extensions of that. Yeah, everything's so. BDB. It's like billion dollar body turned into billion dollar brotherhood that we launched in 2017, which was all about the community aspect and yeah. bringing in experts to teach in health, teach in wealth, teach in relationships and really bring the power of this being inside of the community. Because I, I was researching all these gangs and I realized that there was really nice kids, really nice guys growing up in these gangs. 
and all they wanted was love and acceptance and recognition. So how did they get it? They would go jump people, punch people, stab people, steal things. And I thought, that's so interesting. They only did that because that's where they get the attention that they want. Mm -hmm. What if I created a community of like-minded men that only got attention for growing businesses that impacted people, losing weight and keeping themselves fit, having great relationships, treating their family right, and we actually created this three-dimensional businessman system where they put health first, relationship second, business third, make it actually daily habits and routines, and these guys could reap the benefits of it from being a part of the community. Mm. We lost 15,000 pounds in the community so far. Wow. And I used to coach people to lose weight and then they would go back to their same friends after hiring me and they get kind of averaged out again. Now I'm making a bigger impact by just giving them health tips and plans and bringing in experts and having the community adapt them into a different person. So it's been absolutely phenomenal and it's really about the community, about the guys, about like-minded people all together. And as they would quote, they would say, us as businessmen, we don't need more friends. We need brothers. Mm. A, a friend will make sure that they talk to you after you get in a fight. He says, a brother will get in a fight with you, like will actually go after the person with you no matter if you're right or wrong. Mm -hmm. They have your back. And I look at it like this. Imagine life is like a bar fight. You're at a bar. I'm only, you can see how small I am, 5'7". And if I went into a bar and there was a guy that was 250 pounds MMA fighter and he wanted to pick a fight with me, it's game over. I'm going to knock him out. I'm just kidding. He'll knock me out. <laughs> it, it's game over. Now imagine in my community of, let's say, tw the 2,800 guys that are in our main extension of our community. Imagine they were all there standing behind me. And they said, hey, man, what, what's the deal? 2,800 guys. It doesn't matter how big this guy is. He is not going to touch me. And I look at that as that guy is my problems that I'm going through in business and life. And I have 2,800 other guys that are here to support me and help solve that problem with me together. Mm. No, that's awesome. And so as the, um, as the true visionary here then, so what is the future of the, uh, the billion-dollar brand there with the, the body and the brotherhood and so on? Yeah. She wants billion-dollar baby. Oh. <laughs> well, actually, what's funny, my dad bought the URL like a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> he said, you know he said he, I could buy it from him. Nice. You know those people that would just buy domains like every week? Your dad squatted my on, dad's on, one, on of one of your future domains. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I think just the vision is expanding the, the influence, the brotherhood. I think that one day we'll have something for couples as well. Um, but for right now, I think it's it's something that a lot of people have never done before brotherhood. Like we've had to pioneer and this concept and people are always like, Oh, why don't you guys do something for women? And, and, you know, specifically like for sisterhood or something. I'm like, I know, you know, probably 25 women that are all about women's events, women's coaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you know any like just men's groups, like men that are actually really supporting each other and there's not many out there. Yeah. And so I think that's what we really wanted to create is just this movement and it's been absolutely like game changing for yeah. the guys and I think it's as a woman it's amazing because these guys are going back and they're becoming better husbands, becoming better fathers, making more money, mm -hmm. all of these things, you know, just becoming better leaders and that for me I'm like us empowering the men is directly empowering the women because I get to hear the women complain. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry. Well, you know, we'll talk to them about that. And so it's been, it's been so fun. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I love what I do. That's awesome. So let's, let's give you an opportunity here just because we have uh, just a couple minutes left and I don't want to run out of time without giving you the opportunity to share best places for folks to go out. I mean, you've got, like you said, you got the book and the book did 
really well out of the gate. It still continues to do well. We didn't even have a chance to talk about the modern day Bindaman and you know and whatnot, but just uh, share a few places that folks can go and what uh, what they should be doing. Yeah, Modern Day Businessman on Amazon is awesome. We have the book basically at cost. I think it's like ten dollars and eighty eight cents or something like that. And anyone listening, this is what I always tell everyone: is that if you physically feel like you can't afford the book, just reach out to us on Instagram, Nicholas Bailey, which is my second plug, and just send me a message, and we'll buy the book for them. I, I don't want it to be a thing of, should I have this book? Should I not have this book? Is it worth the investment? I think that every single man in the world is going to want to read this book, whether they're the businessman or not. Mm-hmm. It gives them a new framework of how to look at life differently that took me from being a broke carpet cleaner four years ago to now making the impact that, the, that we're making being on a show like this. Yeah. And I'm like, I invested so much money to learn this stuff. Why not take it for $10? And if you can't afford it, I'll buy, I'll buy the book for them. Yeah. But outside of that, they can uh, check out The Billion Dollar Body or Billion Dollar Body anywhere, and uh, they'll find a ton. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. And just so folks have it on, on Instagram, just spell it. So it's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, but just make sure that you get your last name yeah, as well. Last name out. is Bayer Aspirin with an L-E, B-A-Y-E-R-L-E. And, I, and also, if you message me, what should my name be on Instagram? Would you like it to be Nick? <laughs> Nicholas or Nicholas Barely. Someone tried to sell me Nicholas for five grand. I thought Nicholas is still so long of a name on Instagram. Right. Yet I go by Nicholas. Just at Nicholas? Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. You should have taken it. How much did he want for it? Five grand. It's actually not bad for, for Instagram and a first name like that. I just, want, I just I thought maybe I want NIC, though. NIC might be like the simplest thing ever. And right. then I could post it everywhere and everyone so would how have mu- it. So how much would it be worth to you to have that? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So imagine. So how I want long you... have you been wanting to do yeah, this? Yeah, how long have you been wanting How at... much business do you think you've lost because you go on huge podcasts like this and you have a junkie <laughs> a username? A junkie username. <laughs> Seriously. What, what is that costing you, do you think? Yeah, right. I'll, I'm way more than five grand. <laughs> My gosh, yeah, right. now so that you, I think about so it. So if you have at NIC, we've got, uh, we've got a buyer for you right here. I would it's, actually, if anyone's got NIC though, I think I, I would uh, contemplate that. The only problem with that is that I don't go by Nick. Well, and there I, you go, right? So you should take the Ad Nicholas for 5K. But I Russell mean, calls me Nick all the time now, and he's reaching more people with my name than I am. Yeah, right. So I might as well just start going by Nick. Yeah, well, all the right people are. My, uh, my friend, Sean Perron, she, uh, she talks about good gossip. She actually has a doctorate in gossip, believe it or not. And she talks about yeah. how there is, well, bad gossip and then how there is good gossip. And so you got a lot of good gossip going on around you, man, which need, is awesome. Did you interview her? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. So I'll have to check that yeah, out. she's awesome. We got awesome. Mr. Bold. We got Mr. Bold, on exactly. Instagram and thanks again right for the invitation here. on to to that show. All right, we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to wrap here. So Nicholas, Amanda, congratulations on Kingston. Thank Happy, you. healthy, all the nine guests, yes. please. And uh, we'd love to have you back sometime soon and have you at the new Media Summit as well. If that works out for you. For my buddy Richie Ote and Mary Goulet, I am Steve Olsher. We'll talk to you next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com. 